At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Shoot the Dough podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. This is Admiral Akbar here to tell you that it's time to do the show. Bye, I mean Shoot the Dough with Aaron and Danae. They're streaming on Mixler every Tuesday at noon central or available to download later on your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Your ears can't repel humor of this magnitude, so it's time for the show to begin. Let's listen in. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, here's Aaron and Danae! Or Monday afternoon. You yeah. know. Yeah. Either way. <laughs> Actually, not either way. We record on Monday afternoon now. We do. And if you would like to update that script and send us a new intro, you oh, can yeah. find that script at our old website because we haven't launched our new site yet. It's com. You'll see a quick link right there in the very top of the page. Just click on script, record it, and send it to us. How are you doing today? So good. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. It's been a good weekend. Yeah, it was a really good weekend. Good. We had company come over, uh-huh. which meant that we needed to clean our house. That made it a good weekend? Yeah, because now the house is like super clean. It's like magazine clean right now. <laughs> nice. And you know, it's kind of sad, but you know, two of my dogs passed away back in May. Sure. And I've only vacuumed the house twice since then. Because there's so little dog hair now. <laughs> you know, that's not the only reason you need to vacuum, right? Oh, right. <laughs> there's actually other things. Well, we don't want to talk about that. Especially with your daughter crawling around the floor She's now. not crawling yet. Well, she will be soon. Yeah, so we need to get in the swing of things. But we did we did vacuum before company came out. And so it's like not only dusted and streamlined with not a lot out, clutter's all gone. We also vacuumed. We mopped. We made dinner. It was like... We became adults. I was going to say, you did a lot of adulting. And it was actually fun. Fun adulting. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. My guests played with our Google Home, (laughs) which was super fun too. That is fun. I was a fourth and fifth grader, and they just went back and forth telling Google Home to play the next song, and then 10 seconds later it would be, play the song, and then they just went back and forth, and it was just, Google was entertainment for like an hour. Talking to technology is a blast. For one day, at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For the first time. Well, my weekend involved uh, window breaking, so, you know. Yeah. Let's just move on. You ready to shoe a dough? Nope. You got to <laughs> tell that story. I was just a lawnmower. You know, my son was mowing the lawn and kicked a rock and broke a, a sliding door window. 
shattered it. Shatter, yeah, it was, yeah, it was bad. It was textbook spiderweb shatter mm-hmm. of of a very thick piece of glass. Yeah. Yep. Did you have to pick up all the individual glass pieces? My wife did that. She's uh, amazing. She put like a sock on the end of the vacuum cleaner and sucked what? it all up in there. And then that way you can then you turn the vacuum cleaner off over the bucket and all the glass goes into the bucket. That is so smart. Yeah. <gasps> I'm writing that down. That's a good adult tip. <laughs> there you go. Didn't expect to get a life hack today. We've got an interview to get into today, though, for shoes. So. We call them Shoe reviews. Uh, we're excited. Austin French stopped by the studio, and he's a, a new artist. And we got a chance to talk to him about a whole bunch of fun stuff. So we're excited to play that for you. And if you want to see, we actually um, went Facebook Live for his performance. We're going to play the audio for you at the end of the podcast so you can enjoy his new uh, single that he's releasing. Mm-hmm. But if you want to see him perform, uh, you can go over to the Aaron and Danae Facebook page, and you will see it there. As always, uh, we enter into the conversation <laughs> just wherever it started. So uh, enjoy it, though. It's Austin French. Oh. So tell me a story, Austin. Oh, man. Um, so I grew up in South Georgia in the church. And uh, man, you grew I, up in a church? Right? Yeah. You like would a think so. Mouse. Church mouse, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, no, so my mom and my dad were in ministry. And yeah. So I grew up singing and. Uh, my parents actually got to push through, Danae. It's, right? it's fine. It's yeah, all relaxed really in here. Yeah. So I grew up in the ministry home. My family, uh, my mom and dad got a divorce when I was eight. Yeah. Um, and our church actually kicked us out. And so for the divorce, for the divorce, man, yeah. we're going deep real quick here. Right. And um, and so it was kind of kind of stunk because I, that was my taste of what Christianity was like. Yeah. And so I was pretty done with the church and eighth, well, and as an eight year old kid, and then um, kind of just played part for a long time and then in eighth grade actually met jesus for the first time and realized that oh it wasn't jesus who had hurt me it was broken people and that's right. what broken people do yeah um, I, it's, you realize that in eighth grade eighth grade it took me a lot longer <laughs> yeah right and that one took me a hot minute yeah <laughs> yeah uh it's it's incredibly sad how many people have those stories yeah. you know and it's just it's we tie the 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 thing of the church mm-hmm. to the people instead of the you know the beautiful ideas of the person the church is based on Absolutely. you know and uh, uh my dad was a pastor uh and so you know i've seen my fair share of how churches can treat people and then i was a pastor i was a youth pastor for a while mm-hmm. uh the first church i went and youth pastored at actually after two and a half months with like no reason that they could tell us fired me Wow. And we're just like, yeah, we, we, I think what their quote was, we were expecting Michael Jordan and you were Scottie Pippen. Wow. I'm like, what? What does that even mean? Wow. What is it like? How are your expectations? Like, am I doing the job you want me to do? Like, yeah. it was just a weird situation. But they were, but it was, it was really rough too. We found out later, it was very Twilight Zone, you know, it was kind of one of those things. We found out later that it probably had more to do with the senior pastor, that they were kind of in a battle of wills, maybe a little yeah. bit with him. You got uh, caught and in the so, crossfire. Yeah, I think we got caught in the crossfire. But I remember the thing that, that hurt us the most. We In those two and a half months, we took a youth group to Portugal for a mission trip, wow. for a two-week mission trip. Part of the youth group. It was adults were there, too. You know, some of the adults from the church were there, too. And um, they called me in at the end of... And the pastor is not there, mm-hmm. right? So they call me in at the end of the, uh, the, the mission trip. They call me in and say things along the lines of... We don't want our teenagers hanging out with you. And it it had to do with work ethic and we don't see you working hard enough and you need and it was just like, 
what is going on? And so, you know, we got back and shortly thereafter, you know, it was obvious that they were going to let us go. But it was just one of those experiences where you're like, I mean, there might have been a few ways to handle this better. Like, you know, I'm just a kid straight out of college. I, I, when I left the church, I was on a war path. I wanted to go back and like, like I, w- I wanted to storm the pulpit. Mm-hmm. I was like in the back of the pew. And I'm like, you can't say that. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I grew up uh, in like AG culture, mm-hmm. but it was right at the at the very tail end of fire and brimstone, and mm-hmm. a lot of like, you know, if you don't do, if if you sin once, then it negates your existence, and mm. then the rapture is going to happen. Mm. And if that happens in that second where you just messed up. Well, you better have food under your bed because you're going to be left behind. That kind wow. of thing. Wow! So I Did got see, you real, watch the real movies? mad. Did you watch the movies? No, no. I... Have you seen the movie? The, oh, the, before yeah. your time? You but, no, yeah. I definitely watched. Okay, the yeah. Movies. Thief in the Night and right. yep. <laughs> such yep. great cinema. Uh, but my big thing was I when I left the church, like um, I wanted to just go out and love people, mm-hmm. like whoever they were, whatever wherever they came from. And it, I didn't realize I was rebelliously attempting to be a better Christian than the people that I had mm. met, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I ended up loving a lot of very dangerous people. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I met God later on, I still had like no Christian friends. In fact, one of my very first Christian friends was this guy. Wow. Whenever my random life zipped me into Christian radio and I'm like, that's a joke. Really? Like, this is where you want me to, like, plant my flag? Okay. And we joke around. He grew up in the bubble. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in and then way out of the bubble. Mm -hmm. And then, like, back in the bubble. Surprised that I'm back in the bubble. But we have very different experiences. But we landed kind of in the same place. Yeah. And I'll never forget when um, God pressed on my heart that, and I say that, I hate Christian cliche, but at the same time, there's only certain ways to describe (laughs) it. So, but... It was like a, it was like an impression, you know, like almost like a clear thought that wasn't my own, I guess is mm-hmm. the different way to describe it. Um, and it was, I need you to love the Christians who were, who are broken people, mm-hmm. just like you loved the non-Christians. Like you gave the non-Christians so much grace yeah, and you let them walk all over you. But why aren't you going to do that with mm-hmm. these people? And I was like, no, that makes right. so much more sense. But right. no, yeah, <laughs> I wanted to like fight it, you know, totally. So totally. Yeah. Growing up in that situation for me, too. It's like I the thing I realized the most was, oh, broken people hurt me. And that's what broken people do. Yeah. We, we yeah. make messes. And then it's like, oh, and I'm one, too. And exactly. Like, oh, who have I hurt? Oh, crud. You know? Exactly. <laughs> oh, there's that mirror again. <laughs> yep. Well, we are uh, about five minutes in, so that is typically the time we introduce people after we've already <laughs> talked for about five minutes. And I'm not even kidding. Uh, this is Austin, Austin French. Yeah. Uh, it is great to have you with us. Um, so tell us a little bit about, you know, the just the singing career. Get us, you know, caught up on yeah, exactly absolutely. like what, you know, how that happened, what you're doing, all that kind of stuff. Totally. So thanks for having me. Uh, oh, first blast, and foremost. And um, this is kind of like a dream come true for me to be on this side of the mic. Um, oh, I thought you meant to be here at my house. Me too. Here That's exactly what I meant. Like, you know, you've bunker? heard so I much. really wanted to be in the bunker <laughs> in, in, in Missouri. This is great. Life goal number one. This <laughs> bucket list. Now Go to Aaron and Kick me. it off. Um, no, I, I grew up always loving Christian radio. And that's kind of the legends that I listen to. And, and now to be on the other side of the mic, kind of coming out of the radio speakers, it's, it's yeah. actually really, really a cool thing um, to be able to be a part of. So a little bit of my story, I told you, kind of growing up in church, we sang. My family was a singing family. 
uh, my mom taught music in our house. So the first song I ever sang was Nothing But the Blood of Jesus with mm-hmm. No Front Teeth. And uh, <laughs> it sounded more like Nothing But the Flood of Jesus. Nice. And, uh, I, my mom dressed me up in a three-piece suit, and then I barreled off the front of the stage. <laughs> uh, and she knew in that moment, she's like, all right, you're a rock star. So Nothing uh, But the Blood of Jesus with No Front Teeth. I thought initially was maybe a sequel to All I Want for Christmas is My <laughs> exactly, Two Front Teeth, but exactly. apparently not. That was in the album. Yeah. That was in his childhood it, album. It was exactly. a childhood album. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so to get me to today, a lot has happened, um, and I, I was kind of just writing music. The day I actually got saved, I realized, okay, I want to do this music thing, but now I don't want to do it for myself. Uh, I want to be, I want to give back to what's been given to me, and um, and so I wanted to write Christian music. So from yeah. that day on, the day I got saved, I said, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. So what does like writing Christian music mean to you? Like when you say. I want to write Christian music. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want the lyrics to really like. Yeah, how do you distinguish that? that? Absolutely. You know, though, someone asked me this the other day. Even in between Christian music, like, what's the difference between a Christian radio song um, or a, a worship song that we sing in church? And I said, you know, like I've really thought about that. And and that day that I realized this, the songs that affected me, especially when I got saved, was "Casting Crowns." If we are the body, um, and that song is not much of a worship song. It's more of a sermon song. Um, where God is speaking and truth is being spoken about the gospel into people's hearts that may not be going to church, that may have been hurt by the church. And so I realized then, like I said, the day I wanted to be a Christian artist and write Christian music was I, I love worshiping God. I was a worship pastor for uh, four and a half years, and I think everything we do is worship, of course, but there's a difference between giving a sermon like on a Sunday to your congregation and then mm-hmm. giving the gospel out, evangelizing into people's ears that maybe not not going to walk into the front of a church building. So you want to write a song that is going to be on the Christian airwaves to mm-hmm. be that like honey that can drop people into that relationship. Yes, I think that was it for me. Like listening to these songs, I grew up singing hymns my whole life. Yeah. Um, and so my church experience was okay. I've sang these songs over and over again. And then turning on Christian radio and hearing Casting Crowns release their records and uh, Matthew West do his thing. And all these guys drop amazing songs that spoke to exactly where I was at. And it was almost like listening to a sermon, but through a song. And so I wanted to be a part of that. And um, so in eighth grade, that's what I started doing as best as I could. And so (laughs) what was that like? What was what was early Austin French? You know, I wrote this song. I I. The very first song I ever wrote was called Always There, and it was about this girl in my band at the time, um, and and she was in, basically, our, my church was so small, the youth group was the youth band, so, uh-huh. <laughs> um, so four of us, and that was us, and uh, she was a singer in the band, and she started making some choices and just not respecting herself and giving so many things away, and so I wrote the song for her um, called Always There, and the fact that she didn't have to give so much of herself to everyone else, that there was mm-hmm. someone who loves her always and who was this always This is eighth there. grade? It's eighth, deeply eighth grade. insightful. Austin. Eighth grade. Hey. Hey, like, when the God calls you, <laughs> you know? Eighth grade. Yeah, so. That's I, deep, man. That's that's what I started doing, and I had a passion to do. And I, like I said, the guys I looked up to were like casting crowns. And yeah. these guys didn't hold any punches back. They were like, this is real life and we're going to talk about it. Sure. And so I wanted to write about, about real life. You know, all my friends didn't want to listen to hymns um, and, and mm-hmm. they were kind of tired of it, living in the Bible Belt. Everybody, it was more of a tradition to go to church. And so I knew my only shot at really showing them the gospel for what I had found it to be was to write a song that maybe could relate to their life. Yeah. 
dude that's deep from eighth grade so just and then from then on out it was just that's what you wanted to do yeah that's what i always wanted to do and then my mom uh, always probably wanted me to do it a little bit more than i did and uh in my senior year she actually signed me up secretively to sign uh to be on uh, well audition for the voice on a on Mm -hmm. nbc Mm -hmm. and um so the second season uh, of the voice i ended up uh auditioning in uh universal studios in orlando my mom was like yeah We'll let you miss the first day of your senior year <laughs> if you want to go audition. I think this would be great for you. Oh, you got to love moms. Uh, right? And so I was like, all right, I'm going to go to Universal Studios. This is great. And I uh, drove down, auditioned, ended up making it onto the show um, and went. So missed three months of my senior year to be in L.A. Oops. Um, right? He, he, he. Who were the, co- who were the <laughs> right? coaches then? Uh, so it was the original coaches. So CeeLo Green, Christina Aguilera, um, Blake Shelton, and Adam. Um, and so it was, it was really cool to meet those guys. Yeah. I, I got to the blind auditions and then uh, no one turned around and I was really angry. I was like, wait, God, why did you bring me out here? I thought this is like, right. I wasn't looking for this. And then this is kind of what happened. Why did this happen this way? Mm-hmm. Um, and so the door shut and I went home and I was just trying to figure out what I was going to do. And I, I knew I had songs I wanted to share with people and I knew that I, what I wanted to do and why I wanted to do it. But the opportunity wasn't there anymore. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? And so God called me into ministry at 18 to be a worship pastor at a church, uh, at a small like church plant in Tifton, Georgia. And so I started leading I there. know Tifton. You know Tifton? Isn't it, is, is it on 75? It is, right yeah, off 75. Right off 75, yeah. Yeah. I think there's a Chick-fil-A there oh, that we've eaten absolutely. that many times. That's actually so. why he knows that. That is actually why I know Look, where Tifton is. Don't we all? There's, so, a t- yeah. there's a Chick-fil-A, and then right across from there is a Starbucks. So that's usually the other thing mm. people know us from. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So. I'm saying that as if, I was like, mm-hmm, as if I know. I don't. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Secret. I, I don't like coffee, so I probably no wouldn't way. have known the, yeah, wow. the Starbucks thing. That's but I do like Chick-fil-A. You do like Chick-fil-A, which is our addiction as well. Yeah. So, so we can at least get along on that. I'm sorry. Keep continuing. Okay. I just recognize the name of the city. So. Yeah. So Tifton, um, the very first day I walked into this church, I led worship and um, for this college group, and I ended up meeting my wife there the first night. Whoa. And, yeah. So it was- uh, Would you did have she met know? her if they had said yes? No. No. I wouldn't. Did she know she was your wife at that point? Uh, I knew oh, she was my wife. Okay, all right. So, <laughs> I, I, I literally, as soon as we sat down, I said, uh, I'm going to marry this girl. What? Um, yeah. Didn't you do that with your wife, Aaron? Yeah, that was seventh grade wow. uh, at camp. I, I told my mom, actually, the day I met her. I said, that's the kind of girl I want to marry someday. Wow. So Amazing. <laughs> so amazing. Yep. Yeah. We've been married 22 years. Brutal so love story. Yeah. So Since great. seventh grade, we got married the summer after my seventh grade year. Whatever. I'm just kidding. Creepo. Just kidding. <laughs> but isn't it interesting, like how in life you were talking about, like you know, you're you're going out. First of all, you didn't even know you're going to go to the Voice. Then you get there, and then you're rejected, and you have that feeling of that was it. Mm-hmm. You know, I have had that happen too. Or you, like even radio, Christian radio for me, totally unexpected. Did not expect to be here. And then you could get rejected for something, mm. and you're like, that's it. My life is over. But, you know, you just, you never know why. And maybe in your case, could the rest of your story develops the way that it does because these things happen. Yeah. I hate that that's the truth of it, though. Like, I, I hate that we have to experience rejection and hardship because rejection is the worst. It is. At least that's for me. I, it's like one of my least favorite things. Mm. We've talked about this. I, I actually don't mind rejection too He's much. Like it's, a a weir- it's a weird thing for that's me. That's not true. You're, I find a challenge in it in yeah. some ways, and I, d- I don't know. Like, he I, likes reading the YouTube comments from trolls. Who yeah. Doesn't, <laughs> who doesn't 
wouldn't get bothered by that. Oh, I know. I like I like engage. Like I don't I don't engage them in a negative way, but I yeah. like trying to find the humanity there. Like trying to totally. find like if there's if there's some semblance of you know genuineness to what they're saying. Like if they have a, a complaint or something, and and I'm like, okay, I can understand what they're saying, even though the way they're saying it is mm-hmm. completely you know off base. So I'll engage that a little bit and just go, you know, hey, I, I hear what you're saying. And, and lots of times the first thing they'll do is apologize. They'll just yeah. be like, oh, I didn't realize you would read this. And <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, you're a person? Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's finding the humanity in it. Maybe that's good. Maybe that there is something for me to learn. I just, I don't read comments because I get mm-hmm. my heart too hurt. That's when you, when you were it. talking about... Uh, going on the voice mm-hmm. uh i thought you were going to mention the other reality show you were on because you were yeah. on um what was it called so it's a show called rising star rising star yeah. that's what it was yeah but yeah. that was after it was right yeah um, and it was actually because of my rejection on the voice that got me there um three really? years three years later i got a phone call on april fool's day uh, <laughs> of all days from an executive producer from the voice that was starting so a new they show. said and uh, they were starting a new show and um, they were like hey we remember you we'd love for you to be a part of the show and I thought it was an April Fool's joke so I hung up on her (gasps) I literally just hung up the phone I was like haha you're not gonna get me it's probably one of my friends bye (laughs) and hung up Nice. And then I looked it up and it was real oh no did they call you back no I called back I was like I am so sorry. <laughs> Thank you for remembering me. Uh, is this still we, on the table? Can we, both, can we both just look at the calendar? Exactly. I just want you to know. I had a human a, moment. I'm so sorry. Oh my uh, goodness. But yeah, so they ended up letting me still be a part of the show. Um, ended up, I didn't think it was going to happen. Um, I didn't think I was actually going to make it like far on the show. You know, my, I got rejected, and I think that stays with you so many times. And mm-hmm. I love that about Christ is that yes, you, we are going to get rejected in this life, but it's mainly on things that are okay, not now. Um, and, and God has a greater plan for us. And yeah. so yeah, like He holds uh, you back because exactly. there's something that's tailored more for what totally. You're and it's doing. like a great dad. You know, like I I'm now a dad of two little boys, and I have a two year old little nice. boy, and he wants to run out the front door because he loves outside, but that's not the best thing for him right now because uh, he doesn't know about traffic, you know? And there's there's things that you have to understand to appreciate where you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, and my uh, my sons uh, have are a little beyond yours in age, and keeping them from running out into traffic is one thing. Keeping their brothers from encouraging them to run out into traffic <laughs> it's like the is next another level. thing. It's the next, it's the next step. The next so you, it, it'll it'll be there that's soon great. for you, I'm sure. That's so. great. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I did the show and and ended up getting married in the middle of the show. Um, we were we were engaged, and so that was a whole other thing too. Like looking at the show, they actually called and asked me to be a part of the show again after they told me I was going to be on it. And I, I was like, you know what? Thanks for the offer again, but no, like I'm getting married, and so I had to think about that. And they're like, well, have you prayed about it? Like Christians pray, right? <laughs> I was really? Like, yeah. So this lady straight up called me out. And I was like, you know, I haven't prayed about it. Don't you uh, have a God you're supposed to speak exactly. to about this? She Before was, you like, make decisions. And she was very clear. She thought was like, you were supposed to check in with Jesus. Exactly. So she's like, pray about it and call me back tomorrow. Hung up on me. I'm like, all right. So we prayed about it. And sure enough, like God just gave us his peace beyond our understanding, not knowing how anything was going to work out but knowing everything was going to work out. So yeah. we ended up jumping into it and got second on the show. And nice. Whoa. Yeah, so that's kind of how I ended up here. I met uh, my manager after the show. Is it true? Because I see this in reality mm-hmm. TV regularly that when you get to that level and you're like maybe top four of whatever, 
and then you don't get number one that you still feel like you won. Is that true? Oh, absolutely. Or do you just say that? Absolutely. Because <laughs> no. people say that in shows. I'm like, but you just lost. If anything, I would say here's my opinion on reality shows today um, is that if you win, you're actually more in worse trouble. Um, yeah, there's because, a little bit more pressure there. Well, it's not even just pressure, but it's you like contract. Everybody, and stuff? yes, exactly. Uh. So uh, they reel you in, all these singers, and they're like, "All right, we're going to sign you to the worst deal possible." And like our our deal that we signed literally had a hold on us for ten years that Whoa. we couldn't do anything. Um, Is that still? But you uh, didn't win. I didn't so. win. So luckily they dropped us. And but this this one guy who won is still in contract and locked in. Uh, for 10 years and they won't release anything so it's it's sad that that's the reality of these shows so yeah and that's the stuff that you don't see you don't that's that god see. perspective oh, you man. know where he's like i see so much more and mm. as the years go on and the rejection kind of fades away yeah. you get to see that perspective differently and absolutely one of the things that brought me the most peace in a really interesting way is like as i get more of an understanding of like Jesus as a person, mm-hmm. I think about like the level of rejection he experienced and that like, I don't know, I always feel super, super humbled Right after, you know, I'm, oh, I'm hurting. Oh, da, da, da. oh, let's think about how you rejected. Oh, that must have been awful. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to just, that's, a, that's an under, that's quite an understatement. Yeah. 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 For, I mean, not just the whole, like how the crucifixion played off, but just uh-huh. even his friends and I don't know. Yeah. Because to me, growing up in the church, we all kind of all relate. It was all stories, and it wasn't real. Yeah. And as you get as I get older, I'm like, oh no, no, you're like totally. a real person. You're so. thinking specifically of when he got left at the temple. Felt like he was rejected. It was a and bad day. That was a rough day. Yeah, Aaron, that's exactly. Okay, what I, I just wanted to make of. sure. Or maybe his buddy kissing him on the cheek. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that. That could work yeah. too. <laughs> Do it. Um, <laughs> I saw one of the episodes. Uh, uh, just your performance, just kind of as we were looking at you coming in and stuff. What an interesting show. Mm. Like there was like some uh, sort of real time feedback yeah. from that you would get from both people online through the, through an app, I'm guessing. Mm, yeah. And then it looked like the judges also got like a bonus that they could give to your numbers or whatever. And yeah. then the number would climb during your performance. Yep. That's like I mean, that just seems like the worst thing ever. <laughs> it's like it just seems awful. I tell people it was like reality show tender. Because oh, you, yeah. you literally yeah. swiped right if you uh-huh. liked the singer and then swiped left if you did not. And yeah. so, um, yeah, and so we, <laughs> we would tell people to swipe right. Like, that was our thing <laughs> on, on the show. And uh, and it's live. So everything's coming in live, and there's this huge wall in front of you. And if you don't make it past a certain moment uh, or a score, the wall does not come up. And oh. uh, you go home. And so, um, yeah, it was it Man. was like... It was a huge adrenaline thing, and uh, and it was also very stressful for sure. This is like a reminder that some people are called to the level of performance. Like, okay, mm-hmm. clearly you're built. Like God designed you, built you, prepped you for that. Because I, I can't. I like singing. I love singing, and I have performed with my friends, and I have a guitar, and I I write songs, and I love that. But I can never see myself. Like going and experiencing on that standing level. behind a wall that right. you have to convince no. strangers to swipe right. I really can't. So this, is like, this is like a reminder. Like some, like you're you're made to withstand that kind of pressure, or maybe it just doesn't phase you like it does others. I don't know. That's pretty. That's super you know, intense. You know, I thought I I being a performer my whole life. I thought, okay, you're not going to be nervous. Like this is this is just a big talent show. Just look at it that way. 
And then you realize there's millions of people watching and voting on you live, and whether they like your outfit or not comes out. You know, right? It's yeah, like, yeah. Oh gosh, this is crazy. <laughs> so no, I definitely felt the nerves, but it was it was one of those moments that, as soon as I started singing, I always prayed that God would take away the nerves and just let me, if I was supposed to be there for a reason, right, that it would come through. And and I don't know, like, and this is a, a side note about myself. If you ever come to a show, there could be a couple words that I just mess up. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're human, what? Right? And, uh, <laughs> and so that was a big thing. It was like not, you learn the song that week and then you perform it live on national television. No retakes, nothing. Yeah. Uh, and you have to get every word right. So the fact that I remembered the words at, if anything, at the end of the performance, I'm like, there is a guy. <laughs> that was a miracle. Well, was a I, miracle. Did, uh, I did um, when uh, studios in Florida had the idol experience. Yeah. So I did that one morning when my, my family went, and I actually won the preliminaries. Wow. And I, I went to the final three. So they have the show at the end of the day that's like the final three or whatever. And it's a bigger show. Like the production levels go up. You know, you're, you're wearing the little thing that tells the light where to follow you on the stage, you know, all that kind of stuff. And they're like, okay, so during, I was doing, I can only imagine, right? Mm -hmm. So during, during while you're singing this, we're going to have the camera guy come out and he's going to, he's going to come around you while you're doing the big note. And, you know, just remember you can't be right up to the edge of the stage because he won't have time to make that shot. And I'm thinking, Oh wow, there's so much more to this than just making sure the notes are right. Right. And I blew it, man. It was, it was the, it was the worst uh, and it was specifically that moment yeah. because that moment was coming up and I was like, oh no, I'm too close to the front of the, and then I wasn't thinking about what I was singing and I missed the key change and yep. it was all over after mm. that. So it's and, and the judges ripped into oh, me and no. I loved it. It oh, was so great. He loves rejection. <laughs> I told you, it's just part of who he is. There it is. There it is. That's, that's fun. funny. Yeah, man. But that's part of a team too. Do you, you have a good, like what, what I mean by that is, so Aaron and our duo, if there's like, feedback and stuff he absorbs it mm-hmm. you know and then he'll trickle stuff to me you yep. know and then so my little sensitivities don't get all flared <laughs> up and and here i think my my fear goes into and although i have been maturing as time has gone on um that i'm afraid like my anger person's gonna come out like the pixar movie mm-hmm. sometimes he just is totally in charge and that's just not Anger's an appropriate way to you know handle situations so he trickles information to me giving me time to buff out and be like okay all right i'm fixed now i can go and i can present my actual thoughts so i'm kind of curious like what's your team like obviously you've got a wife yeah. that you can lean yeah, on oh man um but like do you have like a whole like group of people surrounding absolutely. you so uh, my wife i feel like my wife and my manager and my family um have been that team so i just signed a deal in february with my label and that created more of a team uh, of people that are just speaking into things and really helping things get amazing and it's just beyond what I thought it could be which has been amazing but before then man it, I remember walking into my manager's office and um, saying hey you know like, this is what everybody told me I should do but it's not really what I want to do and he said let's not worry about what anybody else wants you to do because that's what the whole reality show is is, is worrying about what everybody else wants to do he's like let's just figure out what God wants you to do um, and if you're supposed to be a Christian artist, let people talk bad about it if that's what they want to do. Um, but let's just be obedient. Um, and, and so I was like, okay, Whoa, that's um, nice. and, and yeah. And so that kind of ventured our first, our first, uh, uh, things together of starting, setting up rights in Nashville and all these different things. And he still like calls me after every, every meeting and everything like that, just saying, Hey, like, how are you loving your wife well today? 
hey, how are you loving your family well today? Hey, how are you serving well today? And all these things of accountability that a lot of people don't see behind the scenes, but it's so needed. You know, as an artist, we're out on the road, we're we're meeting people, we're in front of people, we're behind mics all the time. Um, And one thing I love to try to do is be as real as possible as I can on stage. Um, And that plays into a little bit of my story. And I'll tell you later about the recovery community and how that had a big impact on my life. But even on my personal life, if if you know me, I want you to know all of me um, so that you you can actually have a relationship with me and then I can have a relationship with you. Um, And because when we're authentic with each other, we tend to be more authentic with God. um, And that's who he wants us to be. So my team, I wouldn't be here if if it wasn't for how... uh, authentic they were and how transparent I let myself be with them and also remind you to ground into like are you taking time for yourself are you really like making sure that you're okay because you know we are we're only able to pour out you know so much Mm -hmm. so I think that's really one of my favorite parts of being in the radio realm and going to conferences and events and things You you see like the front stage part of it but there's always a team of people and it's pretty incredible the amount of support that we all have to give each other. Yeah. And it's just not talked about as much. Because we were talking about this, uh, actually, I think, was it on New Music Digest recently? Yeah, it could be. Where it was talking just about the production. You know, We really amplify the lead singer because they're right there. And it's their mm-hmm. voice that we're connecting to. And it's their voice that delivers the lyrics. But sometimes we forget about all the people that are behind them and we just don't see it. Yeah. So um, it, The guy twisting those knobs till they're just the right amount of... Exactly. <laughs> reverb or whatever yeah. the camera guy that's willing to fall off stage to get <laughs> that shot I couldn't get my butt away from the edge of the <laughs> right. stage and so that's cool I, that just gives me peace just as a person that cares about you know the artists who come through like burnout is a real deal mm-hmm. so i'm glad you're protected yeah because you are you're gonna be pouring out to continuing to pour out to a lot of people as you just continue your journey well let's go there man you mentioned your story that you wanted to share you know yeah Uh, tell us a little bit about that you know so i was a worship pastor for three years in tifton georgia and i shared that but uh, god called me and my wife to move to delray beach florida um and what we didn't know about that community at the time was that it was a recovery capital of the world um, and so people from everywhere come around there to join halfway houses and treatment centers and things like that, and then stay there usually after treatment. Um, and so 80% of our church that we were working at was in recovery. Oh, wow. And it was messy, and it was beautiful, and it was encouraging, and it changed our life forever. And it taught me that, oh, it's okay not to be okay. You know, in, in Christian culture, I was taught and I saw growing up so much that Okay, it's okay if Jesus radically saves you once, but his mercies really aren't new every day. You know, but <laughs> right? that's not true. Yeah. Um, and for his mercies to be new every day, that means that we need them every day. And we're just not sharing those stories. Right. Um, but everybody falls. Everybody stumbles. Everybody has a bad day. And if Jesus isn't enough for the bad day, then how is that going to attract anyone to believe in him? Right. Um, because we all are going to feel like failures measured up to the perfect people that we think we're surrounded by. And so in the recovery community, I realized that, oh, no one's perfect um, and that it's okay because when we confess our sins to one another, we're healed. Uh, I saw addicts be saved. I saw lives be changed. I saw people turn from homelessness, literally now in seminary to be pastors um, because of the gospel reaching down, because they were willing to say, hey, I don't have it together. Hey, I need a savior. 
and that changed everything for me in in my wife's life and in, in our in our marriage and my friendships and relationships and my songs. Um, and my first single is called Freedom Hymn, and uh, I literally wrote that after visiting for the first time to this church oh, nice. um, about this recovery community that was so beautiful that I was in the room with people who had nothing, but yet they had found everything. And it was beautiful. Um, and so it affected me a lot. So I, I love talking about the recovery community because they know what it means to know God because they knew what it meant to need God. I yeah. also love that those anyone who's been in a place where like you are, you have to be so vulnerable and honest with what's going on in your life. So if you're struggling with an addiction, for example, you have like, you just talk about it and there's this lack of fear of being honest about it. Cause you just, you got to just be gut. Yep. And um, when I came back to Christ, that was part of my thing is that I found a group of people and I found a person like a mentor mm. that we like was not, concerned with me not having filters it was just i was literally just myself and it was like cool let's just keep going and i'm like yeah. what i thought that this was a i w- kind of figured this wasn't going to be an attractive feature you know but it so when i think about talking with anyone um when we say level of transparency if it's not if you can find a few people to just really be able to be ugly with mm-hmm. like not even a little bit pretty but like real ugly with, and they're going to be like, been there, let's figure out what we can do. And they jump in like link arms. Cause that's the other thing about the recovery community. Mm -hmm. You got to link arms or someone's, someone's sinking and they're going out, they're getting swept out. So when you see it like that every day, I can't even imagine like how inspiring and tragic, but wonderful it is. Yeah, it it was, it was. Yeah. Um, and, and the story, I mean, it's a scripture story. We all know it, but one thing that I held on to through this process that I saw the most was I think so many times we think the story of uh, Zacchaeus went differently than it did. We think, oh, Jesus called out Zacchaeus, this tax collector that everyone hated, and because Jesus called him out, then he was clean. But he wasn't. He said, hey, Zacchaeus, come down from the tree. I'm going to your house. And then that's where the conversion happened for Zacchaeus. But he said, hey, I'm willing to get messy for you. I'm willing to go wherever you live. The people that hate you are going to see me walk into your house. They're probably not going to be fans of me, but I'm after you. Um, and, and that's the recovery community for me um, that I realized that, okay, we're all in the recovery community. Yeah. We've all been that person that people hate. And you kind of got to be fearless about it because lives are at stake. You know? Absolutely. Like legitimately souls are on the line, even your own. Like yeah. things can get really unskewed. And if you're not being able to be honest with your true self with anybody then you're hiding your own stuff yeah so it's really freeing when you can just be your ugly self with someone or be in that moment that really vulnerable moment so yeah that's awesome uh one area of life where that's really important is in the area of parenting which is something you're just you know learning about so how is that process going you've got somebody else in the room Danae just had a baby five and a half months five and a half months ago so a couple new parents but how's it it, how's it going for you oh man it's been great Uh, we have a two-year-old and a three-month-old and uh, but we both got we got them six months ago feels like because uh, we adopted a little boy his name's Coleman and he's two years old and uh, so we've been jumping into the twos which have been crazy Whoa, i can't imagine level. I, yeah I, <laughs> yes, when, when people when people talk about adopt i have so much respect for people who adopt because of that ability to i mean i just there's so much you learn in those first two years to get you ready for what's about to happen 
And uh, man, how are you? Like, how are you surviving? <laughs> Not a lot of sleep. Yeah, a lot of coffee and a whole lot of Jesus. Well, uh, because you've also got the three month old. Yeah, three month old. So not much sleep at the night, and then not much sleep during the day either. Yeah. Uh, my wife is a rock star. I'm telling you, she's amazing. And I think the biggest thing that we've learned in this was like, hey, we're not perfect at this. Right. And we're gonna stumble on this. And there's something humbling that happens when you lean down to a two year old and say, man. I'm sorry that I did that to you. I'm sorry that I said that yep. uh, out of anger and frustration and exhaustion. And he doesn't get it, but admitting it to a two-year-old, like that's the thing that I didn't see growing up was, hey, as a parent, here are my failures with you, and mm -hmm. I'm I'm just trying to figure this out. And so the thing that we want to be is it's with our kid. It's like, hey, I shouldn't have done that. Hey, mm -hmm. I am just trying to figure this out, and I love you enough to show you behind the scenes here. Yeah, um, and I want you to see that Dad doesn't like this about himself. And, right, um, good for you. you know, so I guess that's what God's teaching us right now is just saying, "Hey, you're not going to be perfect at it, but talk about not being perfect at it." Right. Um, yeah. You know, and and it just shows. I think there's a level we'll see hopefully in the future um, of just building a relationship with our kids that they respect us because we're honest with them. Yeah, I something really interesting about that. It's the one area of parenting, and there are probably others, but it's, I'm just thinking of this. It's one area of parenting where God's example isn't our example in parenting, right? Mm -hmm. Because God does actually have it all together. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? Perfect. So it's like it's it's this interesting thing where we take uh, a lot of our guidance from how we, uh, you know, imagine Jesus interacting, you know, with others, and I think it is one of the just the little flaws in the kind of the what would Jesus do kind of mentality yeah. is. We're not necessarily called to be Jesus, yeah. the per, you know, the person himself. We're called to be as like him as we can. Yeah. And so it's it's really interesting to think of things like that, where it's like that humility, that admitting that you made a mistake, that, you know, that comes from the honor of his uh, servant leadership, totally. right? Like there's there's an example still there, but at the same time, it's not something, you know, specifically that, that yeah. he would have ever had to have dealt with. Yeah. I mean, he taught. You know, confess your sins to one another. Who says that can't be your two-year-old? Right, yeah, exactly, you yeah. Um, and, and so it was definitely there, but I, I agree. He was perfect in everything he did, and we're called to follow him. Right. You know, um, and, and that means we're going to stumble probably along the way. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a couple times. <laughs> a couple times. Any good it? stories with your kids so far? Oh, like, are they doing stuff that makes you laugh? Oh, every day. Yeah? Every day. Um, and so... With my new single coming out, it's so funny. It's not like I kids just kind of pick out different things. And so I'm in, you know, downstairs practicing and uh, and things like that. And then I hear, what, what is coming down the stairs right now? And I hear, do, 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 do. I was like, what is that? <laughs> and our kid, uh, our little Coleman has this little doggy guitar. And so he came Did you down. say doggy it's guitar? It's a little doggy shaped and it woofs. So it's a guitar that plays. looks like a dog. Okay, okay. I'm with <laughs> you, you know, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It woofs different <laughs> notes and he comes down and he's like, I want to sing, Dada. I want to sing. Nice. Like, okay. I was like, so do you know this song? And so he starts going, ooh, freedom hymn. Freedom hymn. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Like, and it's just, it, it, so those moments oh, are like, man. This, is, this is what this is about. Like, it's just so cool to watch how they watch you. And you yeah. don't even know they're watching you. you yeah. Know? And or learning your song. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> oh, wow, that's great. Um, that's amazing. So that's a little story with him. And then he, I mean, he's just crazy in every way, in every good way, and every two-year-old way you can imagine. He right. Is, he is crazy and 100 miles an hour. And so at night, uh, right now being on radio tour, and, and every time I'm out, 
we FaceTime a, a lot. Yeah. And uh, at last night, he was just having a rough night, uh, and he wouldn't go to sleep, and he was sobbing until he saw me. Uh, and he was like, okay, like, I have to see my dad, dad. Like, Aww. I have to see him. And so that those are those moments you're like, that's you know, so it, special. It, yeah, it just it pulls your heart and and it's amazing, man. just to watch him calm down and you get to joke with him and and all these things to make him laugh and then he goes to sleep and you're like, okay, like I I'm sure I've been that kid sometimes to God and I'm like <laughs> I'm I won't stop crying until you do something, um, and then when he does it is so peaceful and and it's it's just really great to see that. I don't know. Just being that you're a dad. enough. Yeah, you know, like you were enough in that moment. Exactly. Just your face. Exactly. And just then your the voice thing. was like thing. all he needed. That's how I felt just after my daughter was born. Um, it kind of blew my mind. She already knew my voice, and I, I mean, yeah, duh. But at the same time, oh right. So she's crying or something, and then my husband like brings her over, and I just am like, hey, baby, and she's just immediately calm. I'm like. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> She's been listening this whole time, right? but from oh, inside. Exactly. It is crazy. It's I remember cool. when they listened. Aww. Yeah, your I re- kids are I remember when I now. was enough. <laughs> Aw, Aaron. No, it's great. I think if you enjoy, I mean, looking from this side, I actually yeah. just sent my first off to college. So, wow. uh, yeah, so these are fun times. Uh, and everything that they say is true. goes by really fast, all that kind of stuff. But I think if you're conscious enough to just enjoy every moment for what it is, that was always my goal, was like not to look back and go, oh, why can't it be like that anymore? Or to look forward and go, oh, yeah, I can't wait for this. I mean, you have those moments, yeah. right? Like those little moments that you do that. But if you do, if you focus on here's what's happening now and here's what I can enjoy about this, then I think at the end of the day, like when we sent our oldest off to college, uh, it felt right. Mm-hmm. It felt like, okay, this is what we've been preparing for yeah. is to – throw you out of the house you know like that's the whole the whole idea yeah. is you know for you to separate and right. go do your thing so i think it's yeah it's just a, a a long process and you guys i'm you know you're right in the beginning of that and figuring out you know what the, the moment you're in looks like you know and that's just i think that's where it should be so so a question just a random one go for it and then maybe we can play music out. yeah that'd be great um are you the kind of parent that wants to take tons of photos or are you like an in-the-moment parent where you can keep your phone away from your children? I am, yeah, I'm definitely the in-the-moment. Um, that's actually something, because <laughs> as an artist, social media is a big thing right. um, these days. And I, it's probably the hardest thing for me as an artist, just being transparent. You know, it's like... Like to do it all? To do, because I am in that in-the-moment kind like of a, guy. Yeah. And so I'm like... You'd rather experience it my, than try exactly. to capture it. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, they love posts with your family. I was like, well, I love time with my family. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'd rather just be there. Um, and so, but yeah, I my wife, though, on the other hand... If you follow her Instagram, you know our, you know what our kids are doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the inside of their nose. Exactly. <laughs> you know everything about them. She's a proud mom. That's and so awesome. we balance each other out because she's like, hey, your family may actually want to see pictures too. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, you're right. You know, so. <laughs> Thanks for reminding exactly. me. Exactly. <laughs> we balance each other out um, for sure with, with taking pictures. I want to be more in the moment, but I have been insane with the pictures. I got a Pixel phone when they first came out, and so I have unlimited cloud storage it came with the phone wow. 
And so I have it on like 4K ultra video, like max to the level and it's free. So I'm just like, (laughs) I'm just like (laughs) recording every moment going, when I'm 80, this is going to be really important to me, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I want to look back on this baby, you know? And they've turned it into a hologram that you can just watch on your table. my baby again. (laughs) Oh no, that's a little creepy. (laughs) That's kind of creepy. We have figured out that we have a picture so far of every day. Me too. I was just you thinking know? about that. And if we took a picture from every day and put it in a like collage, even in a year, you're gonna. It's my wife is like, I want to see it, but then I don't want to see it. You know, it's <laughs> like she's she's like, it's gonna change so fast. I'm uh, I'm at that point where I've taken a photo every day of her life, at least as far as I can tell. Like in glance back, because mm-hmm. I've got a photo every yeah. day, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, oh no, do I? Is this something I'm supposed to keep up now? Like, yep. I, I've just been doing it because it's been in the moment, but now I'm thinking about it. And yeah. I just realized that today, actually. And I thought, no, last night, because I, I have taken a picture of Iris today. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I have. Several, actually. <laughs> so, yeah, but I don't post a lot of them on social media because part of me is like, I am trying to not either overwhelm people mm-hmm. who don't want to see thousands of baby photos. Yep. And also, I don't know how she feels about being on social media yet, yeah. you know, so I'm trying to kind of like ride that safe line of, so on Facebook, I do one every, at every month oh, and I cool. don't, I don't do any in between unless someone like, can I please see your child? Mm-hmm. And then I'll text him a picture. So it's kind of more personal. Just random Just strangers. Weird. Can I please yeah, see your anyone. child? That's yeah. really strange. Yeah, that's what I, do. I don't really don't <laughs> yeah. think you should send that to them. Random strangers know my phone number. Aaron. <laughs> well, that's weird too. I don't know why that's happening. <laughs> I got strange. I got work to do. I'm a work in progress. That's very strange. I'm just trying to figure it all out. Beyond music, beyond this whole thing, mm-hmm. what is what is that like secondary passion for you? Like that Ooh, thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, outside of this realm that gets you excited that you love to do. One one way we word it is what you know. What would you do a podcast about? You know, if it wasn't music. Mm. So, what do you think? So I like magic tricks. Yes, I love really? illusions. I love. Do you practice? Like, if you? Oh yeah, nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, I for a while there, I wanted to be like a Christian illusionist. You know? <laughs> like, if the music thing didn't work out, I was gonna be like Brock Gill. You know, nice. like jump over cars and Whoa. make elephants disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't do that. So I realized I could be a better singer. Um, but I, I, I do like, I love little card tricks and do you love point that, tricks. What's that, like that Penn and Teller show? Fool oh, Us, man. Oh, absolutely. Fool yeah. Us is the best. Fool Us is the best. That he watches that show. Yeah, oh, I love religiously. It. I watch a, every episode at least twice. <laughs> I love that show. And yeah. I, I get so mesmerized by it. My wife has to say, hey, like, let's just <laughs> probably go to bed now. Okay, but you know? do you get mesmerized, mesmerized because you're trying to figure it out? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Well, because I want to do it. Uh, you know, it's uh, like. Yeah, I it's think, a two-step process, right? Okay. The first step is, oh, that's amazing. Exactly. And then the second step is, step is like, hmm, let me see if I can think that through. Exactly. It's a challenge. Yeah. So is that the gift that I was, remember when I was showing you this gift that was blowing my mind? And it was this guy and he was holding a handkerchief and all of a sudden it went through yeah, his arm. Yeah, that was on oh, Fool Us. Yeah. yeah. And it's on a gift. It's on. It's repeating. I should be able to like. It's just dig, dig, dig. You know, fit. and it's I'm. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't. I, uh, but it ma- it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> the day the day I knew I wanted to do it, um, there was a uh, this local show in the small town um, that I was in. It was this Christian like youth rally thing, and they had a Christian illusionist come in, and I went and I had always like appreciated illusions and and tricks and things like that, but wasn't ever really good in it. Never really spent time in it, and then. He, he gave his testimony using a Rubik's Cube, 
uh, and how he had messed it up and messed it up and tried to make the right turns, and it was all jumbled up. And he said, but then on all of us, we have to let go and throw it into God's hands. And he threw it up, and it came down solved. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm <in>. doing that. <laughs> did you figure out how to do it? I did. I did. You can do it? I can't right now, right. but, but no. I can. Like, but you can't can actually do it. do it. I can. Career oh path goodness. chosen. Right? <laughs> right? I want to be that guy. It was so cool. Uh, and that, then I realized you could actually infuse the gospel with it too, which is awesome. Um, but for a while there, I just did it for girls. I mean, let's just be oh, honest. Yeah. I was like, Absolutely. hey, you give me your number if I can fool you with this card trick. Whoa, <laughs> so nice. that, that was on the side there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, man, I had, you know, just a series of card tricks that I had learned that I could pull out at any moment. And I had a, a do you know what a stripped deck is? Oh, yeah. Yeah, where I had one of those available, you know, that I love could do it. some of that stuff with. And uh, man, yeah, I was definitely into the magic thing <laughs> oh, as well. I love it. And you had that one color stick. That oh, yeah, the simple color stick. to another color. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's probably the easiest all, that trick is like, ever. It is. It really is. It's like the easiest <laughs> sleight of hand ever. Oh, yeah. But, but I'm blown away by that stuff. Of course, yeah. I'm the p- person that says, like, someone's like, hey, the word gullible is written on the ceiling. I'm like, <laughs> look up. So this kind of stuff is I want. I, I would love to go to the Magic Castle. Like, oh, But you have yes. to, like, know a member or something. Know, and, and it's just, just like. Too, it's too exclusive. So we'll make a deal. If any of us ever get in. If <laughs> either of us ever in. get in the Magic Castle, we'll take the other one there. But pause. Aaron, you're a movie critic. Yeah. You have a network of people that, like, from all over. That sure. Have, that know people. Yeah. And Austin, you are in the music <laughs> industry. Between the two of you, you've got to know somebody. I you wish. just have to ask the right questions. I don't know, man. Maybe that's true. Yeah. I am the person that has so no idea what I'm talking about. So I guess what she's saying though. is what from is here Magic on Castle? out, <laughs> every, every person we come, the first question has to be, are you a member, are you a member of the Magic Castle? <laughs> exactly. just, and then you go from there. And then we, then is we it like Fight it. Club, though, where you're not supposed to talk about it? No, oh, I don't okay. think it's quite that way. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you're allowed to talk about that. I, just, I don't know. what um, I, I'm like, White Castle. What? All right, so what would this podcast be then? If you were talking about magic, mm. would it be like, would you focus on a trick every time and then have like a little spiritual tie-in at the end with that Ooh. trick? Or could be. Or, something like that? Or what would yeah, you, what would you or do? Yeah, would, or it would be about the life of magicians. Ooh, I like that. I know? like that because we're dealing with an audio exactly. format. Yeah. Because every trick has a background. Yeah. And the guys that created these tricks what? have reasons for creating them. Yeah. You know? Okay, so now I just got intrigued. All right. Because it's like a version of like a storytelling podcast with a life story mixed with, but you have to figure out a way to describe the trick well enough for plebeians like myself to understand <laughs> what's going on. That's true. <laughs> I think I have the name of the podcast too. Go for it. Do you know when you, if you hold a quarter like this and you go to grab it like mm-hmm. this, but you drop it in your yeah. other hand and, and palm it, that's called a French drop. Yeah. So we could call there it, it the French drop. The French oh! drop. Yeah. You like Bravo. that? I love it. Take yeah. it and run with I'm it. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> the French drop. Coming to podcasts near you. Yeah. I like it. Well, we have a podcast network. So if you actually Great. decide to do it, All right. we're on board. That would yeah, be amazing. These, we have, this is, there's going to be another one right here, but we've got three, four weekly podcasts that we put out. Oh. So and each podcast has a little pre-show that our our fans who fund the podcast network they get access to it. So every week we put out uh, nine actually weekly podcasts. Wow, yeah, that's, that's a lot of fun. Coming soon fun. to Studio DNA, the French Drop. The French Drop. <laughs> well, thank you, man. I appreciate you you coming in. Tell us a little bit about um like you know the project. What you know where you want people to connect with you Absolutely. on all that social kind of, media. Yeah, that yeah, you're so right. good at. Right. Where you will exactly. be posting photos at all some point. All the time. No, they're on there. They're on there. <laughs> I, I I try really hard 
Um, yeah, so the project I'm really excited about, my first single goes to radio soon. And uh, it's actually been three years since I've written it, um, which has been crazy. <laughs> so uh, now getting into the point where people are finally starting to hear it, uh, it's really exciting for me um, to be able to be a part of that. And then the project is coming very soon after uh, releasing the single, hopefully at the top of the year. So be looking okay. for it. Uh, I'm really, really excited about it. And then you can find me on all the socials at Austin French uh, or Austin French Music. And then, oh, and the lyric video for my first single is already out. Uh, it's not going to radio yet, but the lyric video uh, is out, so you can look that up on YouTube. That's so weird that that's a thing now. I love it, by the way, because I'm a lyric guy, yeah, and so I love that that's become a thing. But it's so interesting that it's like an actual thing thing. Right? Like you have to not only make the song, not only produce the song, put it. You have to have a lyric video. Yep. Isn't that interesting? It's a part. You know, the has game- that always been a part of like your life, like in music, or you know, I mean, the music videos were always really big. Sure. Um, yeah. And then- we all had MTV growing totally. up. Totally. Yeah. And and if we're honest, music videos budgets have gone way down. Oh yeah. You know? and so. <laughs> Uh, lyric videos have been the next thing to where you can still release it on a video p- format. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in Christian music, too, I think it's really cool because the words actually mean a lot. You know? <laughs> there are quite a few popular songs where the words don't really mean that much. Uh, that's, uh, that's very true. Yeah. You know? But in Christian music, you're right. It's it's a little different. On social media for me, too, just as a, as a note, like I oftentimes don't have I, I can't play sound or won't play sound. But if they have closed caption on, I'll still watch the video. So I have actually watched entire music videos <laughs> yeah. li- with just listening, totally. reading the lyrics, going, oh, that was really intriguing. And yeah. then what I listened to it later. Song, right? <laughs> I love that right? song. So I'm going to be I'm going to be humming that, that later yeah. in my car. <laughs> what? Exactly. Not exactly how it's supposed to work. This but at the same time, that's <laughs> this is my freedom. Him. Cool. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah. So that's and you can watch my video that way, too, because yeah. the music videos with the lyrics. So. Yep. So where do you hang out on social the most, do you think? Like if, if you when, you're, when you're on. Like if, if you can, if you were to pick one. If I one. can pick one, it's definitely Instagram. Me too. Okay. You know, yeah. I, I get I get trapped in there a good bit. Me too. Well, then it is really surprising that you don't do like the family pics and stuff. Because Instagram is just, you know, take a picture, post it, right? It's like true, there's but not I a lot like, to it. I like watching other people's stories. <laughs> oh, I see what it is. You yeah, know? no, that makes sense. Creeper. You know? I am no, a creeper. We're all creepers. We are all creepers. You know? That's just this that's the way it is now. Absolutely. Creeping in. That's it. Um, well, thank you. Appreciate it. And uh, great to get to know you a little better, man. Thanks for coming by. Anything else you wanted to say before we finish out? Uh, man, uh, I mean, the, the thing I try to live my life by is now, especially after being touched by the recovery community, is that uh, it's a scripture verse. It's whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. Uh, that doesn't mean looking over your shoulder every day. Uh, it means accepting a new identity. It, it means accepting who we are and who our father is and who our king is. And so... Uh, to be free is to live like it. And so don't be afraid to talk about it. That's great. That's great. And you're going to play a little bit for us? Yeah, I'd love to. All right, stay tuned for that. We'll uh, we'll hear a little from Austin French, and the song will be... Freedom Hymn. Freedom Hymn. And there it is. Austin French. We didn't speak French once during that. No. No. Parlez-vous Francais? There, now I feel like we have a proper French podcast. Voo-voo. We didn't talk about French I fries. Wee wee. Oui, oui. French bread. We did talk about the French drop. Or French kissing. We did talk about the French drop. I did not realize that you were so excited about. Like, you two geeked out for <laughs> quite a while. I love magic, man. <laughs> I, I totally get that. I think there's a lot of... I think that is a part of you know a lot of people that they don't talk about is how much because it just when you're a kid it's like 
I don't know. It's so inspiring and magical. and I don't know. It's one of those things. You don't think so? You think it's just the two of us? No, I don't think it's just the two of you. It was just the two of you in this room, <laughs> but nice. not, you know, forever and ever and always. Hey, before we get on to the song that we're going to mm-hmm. be playing for you, we want to make sure to thank our patrons for your guys' support. Yeah. Uh, this podcast network is made possible by fans just like you, given a few bucks a month. And there are some perks when you do support us financially. We do all of this through a site called Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash studio dna is where you can find our profile all you do is go there it's like three bucks a month is where it starts and you can check out the perks all the fun stuff there uh also thank you to chris tilly who wrote the shoe the Do theme music that you're hearing now and heard at the beginning uh, and our producer well. phil and producer phil who puts it all together uh thank you to them for making this possible also, if you want to listen live to Shoe the Dough or the other podcasts on the Studio DNA Network, make sure you check out the Mixler uh, profile, mixlr.com slash Studio DNA. That way you can be notified whenever a new podcast goes live to record. So uh, that's a fun time. If you have any questions or feedback for us, you can email us feedback at shoethedough.com. You can also connect with us on Twitter, uh, at Apple Podcasts, leave comments, ratings, all that kind of fun stuff wherever you do the podcast thing. Helps us out quite a bit. All right, here it is. Austin French's first single called Freedom Hymn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself. Bowing on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help. But I know I'll never win this war. I can never be, never be free without you. I can never be, never be me without you.
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.